0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@StevensCreekChurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. What an honor to be uh, in church today during this season to celebrate the real meaning of the season. So if you're visiting with us, um, uh, we're glad to have you here. I'd like to welcome all those in our south campus, those watching online too. We're here to celebrate Jesus Christ and the birth of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 1, there's a one sentence that that's encapsulates the entire Christmas uh, season. It comes from Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. It says, now the virgin will conceive and give birth to a, a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not God around us, not God above us, but God with us. Christmas is all about being with. Being with friends or being with families or, or being at holiday parties or, or sending out what used to be Christmas cards, but now it's more like Facebook posts and Instagram posts. Have you ever noticed when you look at a Facebook post and you say, oh, they have such a wonderful life? It almost seems unreal, and sometimes it is. Yet when we go through this, we see a lot of people go through a loss during this season. Maybe experience a breakup, an illness, or depression. And we meet people who can't have children, or maybe they're looking for a relationship, or, or something is going on. They didn't, can't even put their finger on it. But for them, Christmas becomes one of the most difficult times of the year. And to those of you that are going through that, I just want you to be reminded that God is with you, that you're not alone. And when you look through the pages of the Bible over and over in the Old Testament, God said, I am with you. I am with you through... Through your pain. I am with you to hear your prayer, to receive your worship. I'm here to give you guidance. And even though God repeated this over and over in the Old Testament, it was not enough. And finally says, I'm coming to earth. This is the story of Jesus. This is the story of Christmas. That Christmas is the, the biggest, the biggest news, the biggest miracle is also the smallest because God causes all of his person, all of his majesty, all of his power, all of um, his presence to be condensed and to be compacted into this one fragile and frail little human body that he goes to earth to be with people, starting with this peasant girl named Mary and her family. He came in the form of a baby. Last week, Pastor Dave talked about Mary and uh, her cousin Elizabeth. You know, they were pregnant at the same time, and Elizabeth gave birth. And when Elizabeth gave birth, the family gathered around and and offered up names. They wanted to name the child after uh, one of the family members. But Elizabeth and Zechariah spoke up and said his name will be John. And we know him as John the Baptist. You know, one of the biggest decisions that a parent makes—that when uh, they have a child—is what are we going to name this baby? You know, a lot of times when we think about naming a baby, we we immediately think in a family name or a popular name or or maybe a unique name. We went through that several years ago. I remember sitting around a, a dining room table one night, and and Sarah, my daughter, and Drew, my son-in-law. Um, uh, opened up the conversation about naming their first child. And so we talked about all the common things, you know, the family names and, and the popular names and uh, unique names, and, and they'd narrowed the list down to about 20 names. Now, out of that group um, of names came the word Summit, and, and we named him, uh, they named him Summit, not because it was a family name or a popular name, but it was a unique name. It's kind of funny, though. They didn't ask us for their opinion when they had the second child or the third child. I guess they felt like that was painful enough, sitting around the table, taking somebody else's advice about their child. You know, names are important, and that's why the angel told Joseph that she'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins, When God's son came into the world, he was given a name that was above every name. In fact, 700 years before Bethlehem, Isaiah, an old uh, shaggy-haired prophet, said this about the name. He said, For unto us a, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. At this point in history, Isaiah is looking ahead. He's looking forward to a, a coming Messiah. He is telling his readers what to look for. In fact, he describes this child with four different phrases. I believe that each one of us can grow in our faith and understand who Jesus is by studying these four names that Isaiah wrote. He said, and he'll be called the the wonderful counselor. Now, when Isaiah called him this, he used the Hebrew word pele yaetz. And the word pele means that beyond understanding, it it is too wonderful for even words to describe. And yaetz means to advise, to consult To guide. These words tell us that that this child, this son, would offer guidance, would offer direction. That this guidance and direction would exceed, far exceed anything that you would hear in the culture or that you would commonly have. In fact, his guidance would go beyond human understanding. It would be more than this sixth sense. It would be more than this Um, this enhanced perception it would be a supernatural form of leadership and it will be a divine guidance maybe you've experienced that before where God breaks into your your world and all of a sudden a door opens out of the blue Something happens that you were not expecting, and and you you sense this urging that you're to walk in this direction, that you're to go to this uh, person, that you're to have this conversation. And and all along, it is God prompting you, it's God giving you that urge, and God giving you that, that, uh, that desire to go and to have that conversation. That's divine guidance. Jesus is our counselor, and those who come to him will never be led astray. He leads and he guides because he has a plan for your life. And as a wonderful counselor, he makes the plans. God has a plan. God is directing you, if you will allow him, and you can have a confidence that he's going to open the doors that you're to walk through. And I believe and I pray this often. God, please close the doors that I'm to stay away from. God, make it so clear. God, help me to understand it. Uh, don't uh, allow me to walk through this blindly. But give me a sense of discernment. Give me a sense of um, uh, uh, spiritual intuition. And that's how he leads. God has a plan. But you know what? He also has a timetable to accomplish that plan. And this is something that we often struggle with God's timetable. Because we live in a a culture that is uh, accelerating uh, so fast. We blink our eyes, and it's like the world changes. And then we come to this problem, we come to this challenge, and and we want it to happen now. And then we look at this scripture and we see that Isaiah is giving this word of prophecy, saying this Messiah is coming, he is a wonderful counselor. And from the time he said that until the time uh, that the baby was born in Bethlehem, it was 700 years. 700 years, why did it take so long? I don't know. But here's what I do know, that Jesus is never late. He was always on time. We see this in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 when he says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Jesus came at the right time. He always comes on time. Not a minute early and not a minute late. I think the reason being is he's teaching us what it means to trust him, to have faith in him, to allow him to have control. You see, faith is that courage to let God have control. Faith is that courage to let God have control. You have to let go and let God lead. Isaiah is telling us that this Messiah would come and would bring divine leadership, would bring divine guidance, would bring comfort to those who are stressed out, to those who are fearful, to those who have lost their way. And maybe that's you. Maybe you've dealt with fear. Maybe you feel like that the world has moved past you. And that now you're just moping around in the dark trying to find your way out. Put your faith in him. He's the wonderful counselor, but that's not all. Secondly, Isaiah said he is the mighty God. Now the word mighty uh, means strong one or powerful one or valiant warrior. This term mighty God is actually a military term that he is the God who fights for you. He is a God who fights for his people. And the message of Christmas is that God is on your side, that that God is fighting for you because there is a spiritual battle going on. There is a spiritual conflict going on, and we can feel that. Oftentimes we may not see it, but we can feel that. We can feel it in the culture. We can feel it over this past year, the past two years. There's just something in the air. There's something in the culture, and it is that spiritual tension. That spiritual tension where the evil ones comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus is coming to bring hope, to bring life, to bring peace. That's the message of Christmas. The baby born in the manger is not just the Son of God. He is God the Son. All the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. And Isaiah is saying that this baby, this child, is going to have all authority and all power. In fact, John said it this way. He said, through him all things were made, and without him nothing that was made, nothing was made that has been made. When we think about that, there's three things that describe uh, Jesus, that he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, and he's omnipotent. Now, those are big words for a Christmas message. But very practical, what that means is that God knows all things. God is never surprised. He's never caught off guard. Nothing is hidden from his view. Oftentimes we try to hide from him or we try to hide something from our spouse or we try to hide something from our kids. But there's nothing hidden from God. There are no secrets. God sees it all. Even those things that have been hidden in darkness, the Bible says that eventually they will become to light. God knows all things. God is everywhere. He's present with us. He'll be at your house, he'll be at your apartment when you get home today, and he'll be waiting for you to get home, because he is present with you. He'll, in fact, he'll ride with you on the way, and that's scary for some. And so many times, we, we we run away from him, but he's everywhere. Did you hear about the little boy that was helping his mom around the house, and, and um And he swept the porch and left the broom out on the porch. And his mom was cleaning up the kitchen and said, hey, where's the broom? And and he said, well, I left it on the back porch. And she said, I want you to go get it. And he says, I can't because it's dark outside. And and, and, and I'm afraid of the dark. And she said, son, don't be afraid of the dark. The Lord is out there too. Don't be afraid. He's going to be with you. The Lord is out there. And so he went over to the the kitchen door, and he he opened the door, and he stuck his head out, and he said, hey, God, if you're out there, give me the broom. (laughs) Sometimes we're fearful of that. We don't have to be afraid, even when it's dark outside, because we know that God has all power, and God has all authority, and that nothing is too hard for him. That if we come to a place where we say, God, we need you, and would you come and you give us strength? I think one reminder this Christmas that is important is that God is enough. God is enough. And if I have him, I have all I need. You know, so many times during the holidays, we're reminded over with commercials over and over the the things that we need. If you don't have this item, you're just not measuring up, and we don't, and we feel this sense of lack. And that's just uh, Madison Avenue advertising. But we come to a place where we understand we don't need all that stuff. God is what we need. God is the only thing that can fill that void on the inside. That void, that hole in your heart, God is the, the very th- uh, one that can fill that void that God is enough. And if I have him, I have all that I need. As a wonderful counselor, he makes the plans. And as the mighty God, he makes the plans work. Third thing, he's the everlasting father. He is the eternal uh, father. He's the alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's an eternal father, a protector of his people. He'll protect you. At times, God protects you by keeping you away from trouble. Have you ever noticed that? That God uh, sends an angel and all of a sudden something happens and you feel protected. You feel his presence because he is with you. Last Saturday night, a week ago from yesterday, we were going down I-20 and it was raining. Um... And, you know, you could just, the roads were wet, and we were probably about Warrington. And the SUV in front of us, all of a sudden, we saw that, that SUV go off the road, and there's this wire fence in between the set of lanes, and it hit that wire fence, and then came right in front of us, very close, and, and turned around, and then went back, and then came up and came to a stop. I was not going fast so I, I was able to slow down but at, there was a moment where I didn't know maybe we are going to have a wreck here maybe we're going to have a wreck but I, I felt like in that moment that, that there was an angel there that was protecting us and keeping us from having a wreck you ever felt like that 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 there was an angel there that you were unaware of that and and that protected you from so that you would not have a wreck and so we're sitting there, and it's raining, and, we're, and uh, you can just feel the tension subside. And then all of a sudden, I heard Patty crying. It was an emotional moment. But in the quietness of that moment, I understood that, that this was a trigger for something deeper. You know, all of us can go through situations that are, uh, can become triggers for something that is deeper, that we think that we have gotten through something, and, and then um, something triggers, and then it opens up a deeper pain on the inside, and, and I realized this was a trigger, a trigger that of a pain that we, is in the process of being healed. You see, God protected us from having a wreck. But two years ago, at this time, Patty was driving down Riverwatch uh, after leaving the church, uh, decorating for Christmas, and going down Riverwatch when a drunk driver started going the wrong way on Riverwatch and hit her head on. And she called me from the ambulance, and we find ourselves at University Hospital. And um, but in that moment we felt like an angel was there protecting in addition to an angel the lord had a Richmond county deputy right there on the scene within seconds because he saw it happen and it just so happens that it was a creaker david edenfield to walk with us through that there are times when you are protected from the storm And there are other times that you will be protected as you go through the storm. Sometimes you go through it. Sometimes you feel like you're going through it. Even in those moments... You need to be reminded that you're not alone, that God is with you. He is with you in the struggle, and we all have struggles. Our struggles take on different names. Your struggle may be divorce, or your, your struggle may be cancer. Your struggle may be bankruptcy. Your struggle may be have a name of addiction or loneliness, And these names are very powerful, and they they may make you feel hopeless, but there is hope, and hope has a name. And his name is greater than all of the struggles combined. His name is Jesus, and he is the everlasting Father. And here's the point, that, that our struggles are temporary, that God's faithfulness is eternal. The struggle that you're going through right now, it's temporary, but that God's faithfulness is eternal because he is your everlasting father. He is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He is the everlasting father, and he is the prince of peace. The original words that Isaiah used in this case for Prince of Peace is sar shalom. The word sar means the one who is in charge, the, the one who is Lord, the one who is chief, the one who is general. The Roman used this and it became czar and ultimately Caesar, like Julius Caesar. He was the one in charge. Now, the word shalom, you've heard that before, was actually a greeting. If you go to Israel today, instead of saying hello, they're going to say shalom, and it's a greeting that one person would give to another. And uh, uh, shalom means rest, and it means tranquility, and it means wholeness, and it means completeness. And this Prince of Peace, this Messiah, is the one who's going to give you wholeness and completeness and contentment. But when I look around our culture, I see so many people who are not contented, so many people who are not having a peaceful day. And maybe some of you, you've come in and and it has been anything but peaceful this week. And you say, how do I find peace in a world filled with chaos? You surrender to the alone. You surrender to the Prince of Peace. You invite the Prince of Peace to be in charge, to be the leader, to be the Lord of your life. We can find peace when we place ourselves under the Lordship of the Prince of Peace, the one who is in charge. That's what Jesus said in John 14 and 27. says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. My peace I give you, not peace like the world gives you. So do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't be afraid. Isn't that the message that we hear over and over at Christmas? Be not afraid, do not fear. And so many times we do fear, we worry. You can worry or you can trust God, but you just can't do both. You can worry or you can trust God. And when I look back over my life, most of the things that I worried about never came to pass. And I've wasted so much time being uptight and internalizing my stress. And it's easy to wake up in the middle of the night and to find something to worry about. And most of the things that you're going to worry about will never, ever happen. So when you do find yourself covered in worry in the middle of the night, just say, God, I'm giving this to you. Just You've got to make it a point. Say, God, I am giving this to you. You need to worry about this tonight and help me to get a good night's rest. I believe that in those moments, he is the Prince of Peace. So, when Isaiah wrote these words, he was looking forward to the day the Messiah would come. But what's his name? Every baby has a name, and the angel appeared to Joseph and said, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. You know, when I was growing up in church, they used to sing this song. In the early 70's called. There's something about that name. There's something about that name. That's true. There's something about the name of Jesus. I cannot tell you. How many times did I feel like or I felt like that my life was spinning out of control and that I would just speak the name Jesus and the name Jesus and there is a calmness and there's a centering of my soul where yes the chaos is all around me but something deep inside is bringing me a calmness and a peace and a confidence knowing that Jesus is present with me. That Jesus is here and that I have His hope and I have His power in my life. John 14 says, You can ask anything in my name, anything in my name, and I will do it. Well, what do you need? What do you need? In the middle of all of this activity, what is that need that's crying out inside of your heart that you're longing for this situation to change? You're longing for your life to be better. You're longing for this pain not to be as gut-wrenching as it's been. Hope has the name. And I realize some of you have lost loved ones just like me. Maybe you've lost jobs, you've lost stability, or maybe you've lost hope. And no matter what you face, no matter how big the difficulty, no matter how long it's taking, I want you to understand that God is still on the throne and that he is bigger than any challenge, and he is bigger than any tragedy, and he is even bigger than any pandemic that may come your way. That he is the truth that will bring freedom to your soul. So don't listen and don't believe the lies that it's never going to change, that it's never going to get better. Don't believe those lies because, you see, there is hope. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. His name is healing. His name is joy. His name is forgiveness. His name is freedom. His name is new life. His name is Jesus. And that's what we celebrate, and that's what we worship today. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus, and we are here to worship and lift up his name. Father, I pray right now for the people watching online, the people on our south campus and the people in this room. I pray, God, that your power would come and rest on us. I don't personally know every struggle that's going on here but you do. I don't know the tension between the husband and wife or the tension between uh, the son and daughter. Or God, I don't know what's going on at work, but you do, Father. And it is my prayer that your presence would be here today. It is my prayer, God, that you would come and that you would calm the pain and that you would calm the trouble, that you would calm the chaos in our souls. Father, I pray right now for those that have never made a decision to follow Jesus that today is your day that you would pray a a simple prayer. Say, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, help me. Just say that. Say, Jesus, help me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person you'd have me to be. Jesus, I want to change. Come and move in my life. Father, I just pray right now that if it's in this room that you would allow your presence and your peace to come. And God, that you would allow hope to be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's all stand together. Thanks so much for being here today. And I just pray that God's presence will go with you and give you comfort. This is a big week. This is a big week for all of us here. And as we go through this week, there'll be moments where we forget the reason for the season. But I just want you to just remember it's about Jesus. As we gather for uh, service on the 23rd or the 24th of our Christmas Eve services I just want to encourage you to uh, invite a friend a family member have them here and if you want to um, if you don't want to be in the crowd uh, try our tw- uh, the service on the 23rd at 7pm or the 1pm service or the 7pm service on the 24th the 3 and the 5 is going to be wall to wall And we just embrace it, and we are excited for it, and we're believing that God is going to meet us right here. Well, thanks so much. God bless you. I'll see you on Christmas Eve. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.